Welcome back to Emotions of Potions, a love slash hate letter too. With your wonderful hosts, Ashton and Alec. And on this week's episode, we are venturing in to another Katie Roberts series. Yes, different series though. Different series than our Dark Olympus that we've, we've covered three or four of those. This week, we're stepping out of the Greek mythology and going into Disney smut. <laughs> Disney retelling of Peter Pan. It's smut. With Worthy Opponent by Katie Robert. So Ashton, you know how with Miss Katie, she gives us some additional information on the website. So hit us with those tropes, tags, and content warnings. Alrighty. So we have Marriage of Convenience, Found Family, I Want to Hate You, But I Really Just Want You, Marry Me and I'll Protect You, Hook is a Cinnamon Roll, How About a Five Sum for Our Wedding Night, Villains Do It Better, Banter, Revenge is Best Served Cold and Bloody, Plus Sized Heroin, Bondage, Sword Cross Guarantee, Abusive Father, Off-Page Historical, Abusive Relationship, Heroin, Off-Page Historical, Assault, Panic Attack Slash Anxiety Attacks, Murder, Guns, Explicit Sex, Group Sex, BDSM Themes. Hell yeah. So a lot going on. A lot going on in this book for only being 260 pages. (laughs) It's jam-packed. That it is. Yeah, so I love those tags, by the way, that Katie gives because they're just like, they're cute and witty. And funny. And funny. That's why I always go back to her website when we're doing one of her books to make sure I like grab those. Include them if they're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you've been warned that this is very heavy on the tropes and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And heavy on the spice. Heavy on the spice. So Alex, do you want to give us the synopsis of Worthy Opponent? Yes. Once upon a time, I was a girl who believed in love and happily ever afters. Now the only thing I believe in is revenge. Unfortunately for me, there's only one man willing to help me, Hook. I should have known it wouldn't be out of the goodness of his heart. He doesn't have one. No, Hook wants his ring on my finger and me on my knees before him, and he won't take no for an answer. I'm willing to pay any price in order to bring our mutual enemy down, even if it means I lose my soul in the bargain. Very short and to the point. Yeah. I don't mind it, though. I mean, this book is kind of... Short and to the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it gives us enough to know who are going to be our focal points. Yep. Gives us just enough background into kind of what we're going to be seeing without giving anything like really away. Yeah. The only thing it doesn't let you know is it doesn't really tell you if it's going to be like Tink or Wendy. Right. There's no giving away of the heroine. Yeah. Unless you've read the other books, you can kind of guess who it would be. But as like a standalone, you're right. Yeah. You wouldn't know. But if you've read the series, then you wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay, so before we head into our plot breakdown, I think it's time to talk about the potion of the episode. Alex, what have you created for us today? So today I have Seduction on the Rocks. This is a drink that is in the book, but there's no recipe for it. It's just mentioned. It's just mentioned, and it's mentioned that it's like really sweet, and I equate sweet with like a fruity cocktail. So it's a passion fruit pina colada, basically. So it's the um, iced passion Tazo tea concentrate blend stuff that Starbucks uses in a lot of their like refreshers, a pina colada juice from Tropicana, some cream of coconut, and you can add some white rum if you'd like to make it alcoholic. You can Ixnay the rum if you'd like to keep it virgin. And 
We didn't have ice, so I used frozen pineapple as my rocks. Which is even better than just ice. Let's be real. And some grenadine to give it a little bit more color. All right, bottoms up. Cheers. Oh my God, that is so good. <laughs> this I is delightful. Be on the, I want to be on a beach. <laughs> Sipping this with a little umbrella. So good. I really like this. Oh yeah. Yeah, use frozen fruit as your rocks. Yeah, that's actually brilliant. Because then you can eat the fruit when you're like once you're done drinking the drink. Because mm-hmm. it'll be thawed out probably enough. Yeah. And then you get some pineapple. And it adds more flavor. I'm here for it. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is so good. Mm. Dangerous. I could mm-hmm. literally just chug that. Ah, uh, yes. Alex, good job. 10 out of 10, five stars, no complaints. And Katie Robert, if you listen to this, I hope you approve of my concoction. Seduction on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we've given you the potion of this episode, it's time to break down this plot and tell you what the heck goes on in Where the Opponent. Brace yourselves. Tink works at the Underworld, a neutral territory in Carver City run by Hades. She has been under a contract deal with Hades to be a sub and then promoted to assistant manager in the sex club for five years to work off her debt to him. And there are two days left until she is free of the deal. In addition to working at the Underworld, Tink is also very sought after designer and stylist to the affluent leaders and residents of Carver City. Normally, people would be glad to be done with Hades' deals, However, Tink would rather get an extension and continue to be under his protection. She is running and hiding from her past, but also form friendships and attachments with some of the members and employees of the underworld, including Hades' Furies, especially Meg and Hercules, Hades' lovers. However, Hades is not going to let her. He sees how she has grown stronger as a person and thinks she is ready to face her demons that originally brought her to the underworld. Plus, he may have a trick or two up his sleeve. It is Hades after all. Tink, however, is too caught up in fear and panic, and the armor she built up is dropping. Thankfully, she doesn't have much time to wallow in the panic, as she has a private meeting to attend. This meeting is with Jameson Hook, someone from Tink's past she has been avoiding for the past five years, even though he is a member of the underworld, With an exhibitionist kink, he informs her that the boogeyman of both their pasts is trying to take over Hook's territory, Tink's former home. He has a proposition for her. Hook offers Tink revenge and protection of her boogeyman, Peter, in exchange for her marrying him. Tink turns him down. She was once Peter, the former territory leader's girl, which was awful, and she does not want to experience that again. Hook informs her the deal is still on the table if she changes her mind, and leaves her his card. Time for Tink to move out of the underworld. Hades all but forces her out quickly. Severance package did include a free membership to the sex club. As Tink is debating where to make her new start in Hades territory, she notices that she's being watched. Peter tries to kidnap her, but thankfully Hercules is able to thwart the attempt. She realizes Peter will never stop trying to capture her and that she will need to take Hook up on his offer. Tink goes to Hook's territory to negotiate the terms of their agreement, terms being Tink or Tatiana marries Jameson. He kills Peter, and sex-wise, when Tink is tired of playing hard to get, She's to crawl and beg for Hook's dick. And they stay married until they decide that they're done. So not a whole lot of terms. and Nope. I would like a little more. (laughs) So Hook gets a priest to come to his office within an hour. And the two of them are married officially and legally. He works quick. Even though they are married now. 
Tink is still wary of Hook's intentions. She is determined that he isn't as bad as Peter. She is concerned about his motivation for taking the power. As maybe he can wind up becoming like Peter and she won't go through that nightmare again. Her relationship with Peter was abusive and controlling, which is why Tink fled seeking Hades protection in the first place. Hook whisks Tink off to their bedroom to distribute their rings and informs Tink they will be celebrating their nuptials at the underworld. Sex club style. Hook assures Tink he won't fuck her, but there are other ways that they can play. He then proceeds to take a shower, which Tink can clearly see. She is very much turned on by Hook that she starts to masturbate while he showers, and Hook calls her out on this leading to a fun and banter-filled tension scene and establishment of safe word, pirate. Ting puts her lust back into check after Hook informs her that she must stay in his penthouse until they go public with their marriage, making her feel trapped and reminding her of her relationship dynamic with Peter. She's going to get her revenge on Hook. Hook is using Tink to draw Peter out of hiding since he won't let her go and to take him down permanently, and it doesn't hurt that he desires her as well. Hook wants the marriage to go public in a major way, forcing Peter to come to him. Hook's right-hand man, Nigel, isn't happy about this plot. He doesn't like Tink being used as a pawn for Peter when she was close to being out of the games and pain. After the meeting with Nigel, Hook goes back up to his room to check on Tink to see if she's ready for their night in the underworld. When he returns to his room, Hook discovers Tink has already taken over the bedroom and all of his clothes that were all over the floor are missing. Tink had them sent out to be cleaned as they must be dirty since they were on the floor, leaving him only with a pair of leather pants to wear that evening. When the newlyweds arrive at the underworld, Hook loudly makes the marriage announcement to the bar patrons. This causes whispers and shock among the underworld employees Tink is close to. Aurora even offering to demand Hades to fix things. Tink is shocked by the act of friendship as she has never been able to have them before and can't recognize when she does. She covers for the shock of the marriage bomb by making Aurora believe her and Hook have been dating in secret and they schedule to have a coffee date soon. And Aurora gives Hook the friend reminder of, if you hurt her... I hurt you. Hook takes Tink off to a more private area near the playrooms and they have a chat. She calls him out for using her as Peter's bait and he confirms and promises to keep her safe like he tried to do before. Tink does not want to recall the past with Hook when she was with Peter. He wants to clear the air about that but realizing she isn't ready distracts her by offering to give her a wedding surprise. Before they enter the playroom, Electo, a fury and head of security, give Hook another warning and informs Tink she will be joining her and Aurora during their coffee date. When the couple enters the public playroom, many couples are engaged in public sexual acts, but Hook has a different scene in mind and leads her to a private room. Hook's surprise is a group scene featuring Gaetan, Beast, and Malone, all of whom have played with Tink in the past. He wants them to edge Tink, and she is blindfolded for some sensory play. Tink enjoys Hook's dom style and definitely wants him to fuck her, but she isn't ready to beg yet, though she knows it will happen eventually. Don't worry about Tink, though. She gets plenty of pleasure, pain, and more pleasure in this scene while she's bratty. After the scene ends, Gaetan sticks around for him and Hook to have a scene together. Unfortunately, his picking on Tink and Hook being married and future plans causes her to have a panic attack. She mentally spirals from her want of having a family and how her relationship with Peter started out good. 
her getting the attention she desired, but morphed into something controlling and abusive. Hook kicks Gaetan out and proceeds to calm Tink down and give her F. Tink is still in brat mode, and Hook is wanting to get closer to... He wants Tink to see him truly, but she still isn't ready, so he resorts to Dom mode to bring Tink more pleasure, as the more they play sexually, the more she starts to trust him. Hook still doesn't fuck her, but things definitely get more intense for the two of them. Hook also is determined to protect Tink and is scared she's going to see the monster within him. After this session, he takes her home. When they get home, the pair enter into their brand of monogamy, one that allows group play. Though Tink still won't get Hook's dick until their earlier deal is fulfilled, which was her crawling and begging. More aftercare and intimacy takes place when they shower together and they fall asleep. The following morning, Tink is admiring Hook's body and she notices all his scars and starts to recall the abuses she knows that he endured at the hands of his father and Peter and wonders about the ones she doesn't know the stories to. This gets her thinking again about her emotional scars left to her from Peter and to keep her from further spiraling, she gives Hook a good morning blowjob. Hook's application to her talents sends Tink into a panic attack, and she locks herself in the bathroom. She realizes she is now more scared of what Hook will do with her heart. Jameson has also come to the realization he wants Tink full stop, and this marriage is no longer just a power play for him. While Hook has a meeting with Nigel about what to do with Peter and arranging for Tink's things to be moved in, Tink attempts an escape. She found a knife and was facing off with one of Hook's bodyguards, who is four times her size and is holding her own. When Hook shows up, she tries to attack him, and he manhandles her, back into his home and deposits her on their bed and they have it out with an argument. He now must do damage control on Tink's actions that bear some similarities to how Peter used to treat his men. One of Hook's men delivers a new phone to Tink and lays out her new rules. She calls Meg, who offers to get her out of Carver City if she needs it, as she's concerned for her well-being and agrees to have her belongings dropped off to Hook. After this conversation, Tink is resolved in the fact that she wants Hook and is ready to crawl to him. Hook has had a rough day as territory leader, and when he returns home, he finds Tink working on a dress, and he's just enamored by her and her element. After some bickering, Tink and Hook finally have it out about the night that Hook offered to get her out of Peter's territory. Hook discovers the root of the problem. Tink is upset and doesn't understand why Hook didn't leave and took over the territory instead. He isn't ready to answer that question because he doesn't fully trust Tink yet because she's still not on board with being his wife. He does admit that he's always desired her since the first day he laid eyes on her and that hasn't changed. It's only intensified. Tink kisses Hook and then sinks onto her knees and finally crawls to Jameson and begs for his cock. Before they have sex, he warns her that once they do it, she will fully be his. Like there's no turning back. This sex scene is different for Tink, not only with the relationship agreement she's entering into with Hook, but he also brings out some shibari rope. This is a different level of sub-trust for her, and after some bratty bickering, Tink is ready for it. After Hook artfully ties her up and shows Tink her beauty, they fuck. Tink enjoys it for a while, but then gets caught up in her head and the trauma from her past relationship, and she safe words out. He immediately complies with honoring her safe word and goes into aftercare. In the middle of the night, Hook gets a phone call from Peter. The two men taunt each other, trying to get under the other's skin, especially about Tink. She overhears the phone conversation, which leads to bickering between her and Hook. Him trying to get her to admit that she loves him, 
and he admits that he's in love with her. This leads to them fucking and multiple orgasms. Love that for her. (laughs) Tink gets a call from Meg, summoning her and Hook to the underworld. Hook does not want to appear to be a lapdog to Hades, so Tink offers to go in his place since she is his wife. Hook informs her if she does that, then she will truly be a figurehead of the territory. And once again, there's no going back from that. Tink considers the implication of her choices and blurts out that she wants kids. And Hook says he does too. Unable to make the choice, she gives the decision over to Hook, who decides they will go together. The plan for the day is for Hook and Tink to go to the underworld meeting, and Hook's men are to get Tink's things and move them into his building. Hook tried to prepare Tink for bad news when it comes to Peter. They know this meeting has something to do with him, so he's just trying to prep her for the worst-case scenario. Tink doesn't believe that Meg or Hades would allow anything, like, super bad to happen to her in regards to him. So Hook decides to trust and believe her. Tink tries to warn Hook out of loving her, but he's not buying that, and it's a little too late. (laughs) He's already said the words. When they arrive at the underworld, the news is that Peter was able to break in and completely destroy all of Tink's remaining belongings. Meg and Hook try to reassure her that all that was lost will be replaced. Tink is still struggling to accept help and friendship. Plus, this loss is especially hard for her because it's like all her fabrics and like works in progress for her fashion business. And it makes Tink spiral again because she's like, everything I've built for myself, Peter has destroyed. Thankfully, Hook knows how to handle Tink and gets her out of that headspace. He offers her a way out of Carver City if she would rather leave and like just be done because he would rather her be happy than like keep her tied to him and be her jailer like Peter was, but she turns it down because she realizes she can't run anymore. But she does ask, bring me Peter's head. I would, I, I need that now. And he's like, yes, my lady. When they return to Hooks from the underworld, they learn that Gaetan's territory leader and father figure, the man in black, has died, and Gaetan is on his way to Hook. Hook decides the night will be one for comfort for their own grief and Gaetan's as well. When Hook hugs Gaetan, it finally hits Tink. She's in love with him. Hook then asks his friend what he needs, and Gaetan replies that he wants to get out of his head and have some peace for a bit. So Hook asks, what's your safe word? It's Rose. Time for a threesome. But first, Hook must check on his team, who is sweeping the building and locking it down. When he returns, things get wild and sexy. After the threesome ends and Gaetan has passed out, Tink confesses to Hook she loves him. And they make love, just the two of them. Jameson, knowing the following day is the day that he plans to take Peter out, asks Tink to stay married to him, lead the territory with him, and start a family. Tink desperately wants what he's offering but can't say yes until the threat of Peter is eliminated. The next day, time to game plan Peter's trap. Hook is now doubting using Tink as bait after the love and life building declarations they had the previous night. Tink gets him back on track and the plan is to send Tink outside on her own since Peter has men following her. To track her location, follow her in, take Peter and his people out, and burn their shit to the ground. Tink is on her planned outing, but Peter has Hook taken instead of Tink. Nigel gets to Tink to inform her of the new developments and ensure that she's safe. She just wants to know where Hook was taken, and Nigel has no clue. So Tink has an idea and thinks that Peter will be close to his new woman, 
and Tink knows where that is. When Tink, Nigel, and the team arrive at the apartment, Peter calls Tink and informs her that she's to come up and face him. She sends a text off to Meg, Aurora, and Electo, thanking them for their friendship and apologizing she didn't recognize it sooner. They are ready to charge in and rescue her and kill whoever they need to. Tink tells them to stand down and she'll fill them in later. Nigel goes with her into the apartment, but they get ambushed in the lobby and kick Nigel out, leaving Tink to go up alone. As Tink enters the apartment, she sees Peter is cooking, and Hook is concussed. (laughs) Peter scolds Tink for betraying him and thinking that she will ever not belong to him. He has her come to him for her punishment. He plans to burn her with the cooking grease. Thankfully, Tink has found some inner strength and no longer wants to be Peter's victim, and when she goes to him, she sneakily tases him which like knocks him down on the floor and then she tases him again in the throat. While Peter is down, Tink pats him down and takes the gun and the keys to the cuffs that he has on Hook. She then goes to Hook and undoes his cuffs. When she gets Hook free, Peter has gotten off the floor, but thankfully Hook thinks fast and shoots Peter three times, killing him. Tink needs to see his lifeless body to know her monster is truly dead, but Hook doesn't want her to see it, and that if she does, she'll see that he is the monster because he's just murdered someone. Tink consoles Hook, saying that she loves him and she could never see him as a monster, but she has to know Peter is truly gone. He relents, and she gets her confirmation, and she asks Jameson to take her home. When they return home, they are greeted by Aurora, Electo, and Meg, threatening the same bodyguard that Tink was fighting with, with a knife, demanding to be let in to see Tink. That poor man. (laughs) The women have been worried about her since the tech. 20 minutes go by of like trying to calm them down and promises of a coffee date, and then they leave. And Tink is so happy to have such fierce friends. Hook gets cleaned up and checked up on by a doctor, and Tink tells Hook that she wants a fall wedding. They have some typical bickering bants, and Jameson proposed to Tink to remarry him and live a not happily ever after with him, to which she accepts the end. Yay! They live happily never after. Yeah, happily never after. All right, well, that was Worthy Opponent by Katie Roberts. If you're still with us through that plot breakdown. I hope you are, because we're about to get to the bomb chicka womp womp. Yes, we're about to talk about our favorite smutty moments. Ashton, since you covered part one, what was your favorite sexy time So there was really only like one full out scene in part one, which was the fivesome. Oh, just a fivesome? Which, I mean, even if there were multiple, I feel like that we would have to talk about that one. I feel like it's only right. Yeah. That scene was insane. So as mentioned, Hook is like the dom who's leading the scene. He's the one that's telling everyone what to do. Tink's blindfolded, so she has no idea who's in the room with them, but she slowly figures it out based on either them talking or she's played with them in the past, so she has to figure it out, I guess. So we have Beast, we have Gaetan, and we have Malone as the three participants with Tink. And yeah, so Tink's blindfolded. She's on top of Gaetan, so he is Beauty and the Beast. Gaston. Gaston. Bad villain. Whatever. So big dude. He's on the bottom, penetrating her normally as she rides him. Malone, who is... Maleficent. Maleficent. She is in the rear with her strap Strap on. on. um, Giving Tink that double P, the double penetration. 
And then Beast, obviously from Beauty and the Beast, is fucking her mouth. As Hook is obviously kind of telling them what to do to her. Mm-hmm. And they're, so they're, he's, they're like his limbs. Yeah. But he always has like a hand on Tink. Yeah. And Tink is like, when she comes, she screams his name, which obviously is exactly kind of what like Hook wanted. And then um, we get a point where Hook then requests that Gaetan suck Hook's dick. So then we get that added in there. Yep. And I mean, like, it was just a lot, a lot going on. A lot going on. It sure was. And I liked at the beginning of this scene, before you find out what all is actually going to happen, Hook asks Tink, he says, how many cocks do you want? And he said, you could say anywhere from one to three. And she's like, three. three. <laughs> and then he's also like, if you pick more, we'll figure out yeah, like if you how to make more, that happen. Like, I can get you, but you know. So yeah. So yeah, that scene was just very, very intense. Yeah, it was. But it was good. Mm-hmm. For like the underworld sex club, that's what I would expect. So not disappointing. What was your favorite smutty scene in part two? I do want to give an honorable mention to the Shibari scene because I did enjoy reading about the ropes. The ropes and like displaying Tink. But since it did end in a safe wording, I didn't pick that one. Um, and that threesome scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my favorite is the threesome with Gaetan. So after getting Gaetan's safe word, Rose, he asks Tink what she needs. To, does she want to watch or participate? Because she's made it clear that she wants to, she wants to watch Hook top Gaetan. Yeah. Because Gaetan is a switch, but he doesn't ever do that in, pro, in public. So she's never seen it, but she knows that these two have like, Play together. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of like, I want to see this. Yeah, because she made that comment on the wedding night in the five zone. And Tink decides that she wants to ask her dom, Hook, what he needs. She's never asked him that before. And the answer she gets is that he wants to fuck Gaetan's ass while Gaetan eats her pussy and then sleep. Tink and Gaetan shower together first because, you know, Hook had to go do the checking on the building. And Hook allows teasing, but nobody's allowed to come while he's gone. When Hook returns, he has Gaetan sit on the shower bench and has Tink ride Gaetan's dick while facing him. So then Gaetan starts playing with her nipples and clit, but not allowing Tink to come until she begs Hook for it. Then it's allowed only for her. It's not Gaetan's turn yet. Then it's time to take things to the bed. Hook is going to have Tink get comfy back against the headboard for Gaetan to eat her out while he fucks Gaetan's ass and gives Tink permission to come as many times as she's able to. Hook teases Gaetan and asks him if he wants to fuck Tink, which he wants to, but Hook is like, no, you're not allowed. Too bad. But I will allow her to jerk you off. And she gets to pick where you come. And she chooses... Her breasts. When Tink gets into position, though, she decides she would rather give Gaetan a blowjob. And Hook gives her that permission. After Gaetan comes, Tink plays with Hook's balls, which gets him to finish. While Hook gets cleaned up, Tink continues to give Gaetan a blowjob, which winds up being easier for her when he's a little soft. I thought that was funny. When Hook returns, he winds up fucking Tink while she's still going at it with Gaetan. And when she comes, Hook then takes over giving Gaetan a blowjob. And Tink plays with his balls and then Gaetan finishes. Everyone has come and everyone is sexually satisfied. Yep, that was a good one too. That was a lot. That was a lot. But to be expected in this villain's 
retelling, I feel like. So. All centered around a sex club. Yeah, on brand. So, Katie, hats off to your imagination, girl. <laughs> and her writing of these scenes. I know. My goodness. I know. All right, so now that we've kind of gone over our favorite smutty moments, should we go into some of our loves and hates? Well, I have some questions for you Oh, okay. So have you finished this whole series yet? No. I've read up to book four, which is Beast, Bell, and Gaetone. So I think there's like two after that. There's two and then the Wicked Villain shorts. Yeah. And the shorts is the only thing I haven't read yet. Okay. So from the four that you've read, how would you rank the couples? Not necessarily the books, just the couples. So book one is Jafar and Jasmine. Book two is Hades, Meg, and Hercules. Book three, Tink and Hook. Book four, Beast, Gaetan, and Isabella. So coming in at number four, I think would be Jasmine and Jafar. Um, I just can't get over Jafar being the lead. Like, I know this is a villain's thing, and he is the villain in Aladdin's story. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't know. My problem with that one was the daddy trope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's, like, a lot older than her. and she He had her call him daddy. Yeah. I, yeah. It was said a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they come in fourth. Followed by my number three couple would be Isabella, which would be Belle, Gaton, and Beast. Um, only because the other two couples are definitely top two. Not because I didn't like them as a couple. I actually did kind of like how they all came together mm -hmm. and the drama that kind of was their story. Number two would be Hades, Hercules, Meg. Love them. But Tink and Hook just are top tier in my eyes. So they have to be number one. Yeah. Mine's a little different. Oh, okay. Also, I've read two more books than you have. Right. So my number six is Malone and Aurora. Their dynamic was just kind of whatever to me, to be perfectly honest. And then five would be Jafar and Jasmine, just because I really didn't like the daddy stuff. The daddy. Um, four would be Ursa, Zuriel, and Alaric. Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Three would be Hades, Meg, and Hercules. Two would be Beast, Gaetan, and Isabella. Number one. Tink, tink and Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I probably would have similar with the other remaining books as well. Like, I just think it's hard to beat the top three yeah. couples. Slightly different placements. Overall, pretty similar. Yeah. Who would you want to be in a couple with? Oh, man. Um. So, like, are you asking what? who would I, like, want to be in their position? So, like, if I choose Tink and Hook, it would be me, Tink, Hook, or would it just be me and Hook? You can pick whichever pairing from any of the characters. Like, you get inserted into this world who are you taking? Oh, who am I picking? Because okay. we also have like, you know, thruples and stuff. So if you want to pick more than one person. I mean, if I'm going to, I'm going to pick a thruple. So, yeah. Um, okay, so I would choose, I think, honestly, I think I would choose Gaetan and Hook as my thruple couple. <laughs> thruple couple. Yeah. Same, but I also want Beast. So I'm going like, this is going to be like a, a four reverse okay. harem, this bitch. <laughs> See, I was point. also, I was kind of torn with potentially Hercules too. Okay. He was kind of in the, in the mix as well. Then throw him in as well. He would be my sub. He would come in when I need him to. <laughs> and then my last question, Wicked Villain series or Dark Olympus series? Dark Olympus. I just am a sucker for Greek mythology. 
And I just feel like these, like the Wicked Villain series are like, they're super fun. They're really easy and quick reads. I just think that the Dark Olympus series series is thought out a bit more. Yeah. And it's just, it's more, which I like. Plus Greek mythology over Disney. Sorry. That's going to be my call. What about you? Honestly, I agree. And I do love me some Disney, especially the villains, especially make it sexy like this. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, the series is great. But it's one of those, it's like, this one was harder for me to finish because I started to get burnt out a little bit more with this one. And I'm not burnt out with Dark Olympus. And I know that series isn't done and there's more books coming and I'm just so excited. Fair. Fair point. Both series are great, but I I would choose Dark Olympus. And I mean, I have physical copies of Dark Olympus. I don't have physical copies of this one. Yeah. All right. So loves and hates? Yeah. All right. Okay, so I think my first love is just Tink and Hook's dynamic slash them being like the love interests. I love them individually, but I also love them as a couple. I love their bands. I just like, I really liked their character breakdown. Oh, for sure. Their dynamic in and out of the bedroom. Fantastic. Yeah, they're definitely like my favorite couple to read in this series. So I just really like them. Yeah. Um, so I really loved that Tink's full name was Tatiana, who's the queen of the fairies from Shakespeare. And, you know, Tink is a fairy. Love that. And also, you know, love that she was a plus-sized heroine because you don't get a whole lot of that. And she was just, she was fantastic. And kind of going on the um, Tatiana thing, we didn't really mention it, but there's a point where Hook calls her Tatiana more than Tink. And it, she gets to the point where, like, she tells him, like, that's not my name anymore because that's her past self. It brings up a lot of, like, the Peter bad memories. And, like, once she tells Hook that she doesn't like that name and it brings up those, like, that trauma. He doesn't he do it anymore. Doesn't, he completely stops and the rest of the book is never mentioned again. And, like, I love that. Kind of just Hook being the Hook. You know, Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, that's just very him in this series. And I just thought that was really sweet. So I loved that Hook called Tink a cum slut. <laughs> and like after the big group scene, when she got super, super messy, that's when it first came out. And he wrote in everyone's cum, mine. And then like anytime they played together or like, you know, she got messy, he would just be like, my little cum slut. And then when he was actually trying to be loving and more like endearing in a romantic fashion, it was beautiful girl yeah that was cute all the sex scenes were fire like all of them and the tension moments too yeah i mean it was just it was very spicy but it was done really well and all of the scenes were different there was a lot going on and for such a short book there was a lot of them and like in this kind of like type of book like i want this to be really smutty yeah like you know what i mean like i want it to be super steamy and i think that katie did a really good job with that aspect (laughs) I loved the friendships formed between the women of the underworld. And how Tink didn't even realize that she, like, had friends until they were, like, there for her. And she's like, what is, I have friends? She's like, I'm sorry, I was such an asshole always. And then Aurora was like, it's okay. Yeah, I love that too. I like Tink and Hook's background and how they all tie into Peter in the past. Like, Hook used to work for Peter when Peter was the territory leader. Same with Hook's dad. Obviously, Tink was Peter's girl, and, like, Hook was kind of enamored with her since the get, like, since first laying eyes on her when she was Peter's girl, and he tries to 
help her escape, but she's like, you're just going to kill both of us. And that's kind of why she avoided him Mm -hmm. for those five years. Like I like that, like that backstory I thought was really good and added a lot to the story. Okay. So for this time reading the book, because this is a reread for both of us, I listened to it and I love the male narrator for the audio book. He had this like husky, raspy voice. And when he said good girl and when he spoke as beast, my jaw literally dropped. Yeah, you did say that. It was fantastic. I enjoyed Peter being the villain. And I thought that he was a pretty decent villain. Um, And then like with him, I did enjoy all the kind of nods of the fairy tale. Like how the people that he had working for him were always like younger, like lost boys. Like, and like one of them, you got their name, John, which was one of Wendy's brother's names. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, like Katie always does a really good job, whether it be this series or the Dark Olympus series, where she really does pull in a lot of the like smaller details and nods for either the mythology or the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And I thought that she did a really good job with this one as well. And I do love how this series is interconnected into Dark Olympus and into another series that is not as developed. It is on like a hiatus, but there's still connections with like it's kind of like the same world. world. Yeah, they're just different cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like Hercules and Hades get mentioned in the Dark Olympus series. Beast comes from um, something Valley, Sabine. Oh, the Sabine Valley. Yep. And my last love, this is kind of just a nod at Katie. Her dedication for this book was to another author by the name of Gina L. Maxwell, which we've been reading some of her books. It's The Dark King and The Rebel King. It's her her new series that we got off in NetGalley that have just been so good. I've been obsessed with them. And when I saw that she dedicated it to Gina, I was like, shit, small world. Like, I love that. That was really cute. (laughs) So I just thought I'd mention that. All right. So something I hated was some of the repetitive dialogue. For example, if blank happens, then you are in it fully or this is done in truth. Like that got repeated a lot. And I think I... I notice it more when I hear it versus when I physically read it. That makes sense. Um, so one of my hates with this book is the ending showdown against Peter. Agreed. It was just so quick and truly anticlimactic for the buildup of the whole book. Because I've and I we talked about this and we feel like this is a very like Katie Robert esque thing in her books. But like the buildup to the ending is always so great and like it captivates you and you're like, oh my god, how are they going to get out of this? And then the actual ending is just very kind of like, and then done. Like with this, I just, you know, Peter was built up to be such like this bad villain that like Hook couldn't, he couldn't ever deal with. Yeah. And it always like sent Tink into like a mental spiral. Right. And that the whole point of Tink and Hook being married was to draw Peter out because Hook could never find him on his own. And then it's like Hook so easily gets captured and then Tink, I mean, so I liked- So easily killed. Yeah, and I liked how Tink tases Peter. Like, I thought that was like badass and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, girl, you're smart having that in your purse. But then like with Hook shooting Peter at, it, it was just very like, we really like, this whole book stemmed on this moment and it was just that- Yeah, it was over so quickly. The sex scenes had more time dedicated to them than Peter's death. Which was the whole premise of this book. It's why it started. Yeah. Yeah. Like when an individual sex scene has a longer page length than the big bad dying, 
Questionable. Yeah. Didn't like that. I wish we got an epilogue in this book. Like, I wanted an epilogue of Tink and Hook's vow renewal and then, like, a glimpse into their future life dynamic now that they are actually... Now this isn't, like, a marriage of convenience. It's an actual marriage of love. So my last hate... I only had the two hates, but mine kind of went hand-in-hand with that. So mine was that I wish that we got a little bit more of Tink and Hook after Peter was dealt with. The ending of it just was very quick. But if you remember with the series, the series happens one after another. We yeah. never get epilogues with these ones. Like there's never any like future looks in. Oh yeah, because with- it leads straight into the next. Yeah, because like book four, which is the Gatone Beast, Isabella, whatever, picks up right after like yeah. Peter dies. so Because the man in black is dead. So I didn't mention anything about an epilogue because I knew that this isn't a series that you really get epilogues because the books move just one from the other. But I do wish that we just got in a little bit more because this book literally ends like the day that they kill Peter. Mm-hmm. And like Tink and Hook are just kind of like, love you, like, let's live happily never after. And then it just, like, ends, and I'm like, okay. You could have done the vow renewal as part of, like, just that extended scene. Like, it doesn't have to be a jump in time. Like, you got a priest there in an hour. Yeah. You could easily, like, do something, but... I wonder wonder if the shorts kind of give us that. Maybe. Maybe. So I'm slightly reserving that, but, like, if you only ever read this book... It's very quick. The ending, just in general. Um, Something else I wanted more of. I wanted more of Tink's business in this book. Like, you get glimpses of it in, like, books one and two because she dresses everybody. You get a lot more in the rest of the series than than this one. Like, it's very important and integral to her, and it just felt very... Like, she was literally... Like, in this book, it was almost like that didn't matter. It was only focused on her relationship with Hook and taking down Peter. Yeah, but with, like, how successful her business is, it's, like, I wanted that incorporated a little bit more. Yes, I get they're trying to, like, find Peter and do this, like, task, and this is, like, what, over the course of, like, a week? And, I mean, he did burn all of her belongings and But, hey, he's got and- connection and mad money. Cloth could have showed up to her house. Yeah. Within an hour. If Hook can get a preacher in an hour, Hades can get fabric in an hour. Yeah, you're not wrong. And then I wanted the scene where the girls get their coffee. Oh, yeah. Because that got talked about multiple times. About them hanging out. Yeah. Fair enough. I can't remember if we get that in a later book because it's been a long time since I've read the rest of them. But But we didn't get it in this one. But we didn't get it in this one. It was talked about so much in this one. It should have been in this one. Yeah. And also, last caveat. It's not really a love or hate, just um, this book is the Disney version of Electric Idol. Yeah, yeah. They're very similar. The character, just like how they are, kind of some of the plot, very, very similar. Yep. Which I'm not mad at because Electric Idol was my yeah. favorite and then this one's my favorite. So you can tell that I have, like, a, there's a theme going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Want to move into our casting? Absolutely. So we are just casting the three main people of this book, Tink, Hook, and Peter, keeping it simple. So let's start off with our lovely Tinkerbell. I originally had someone casted, but as we were going through this, I've changed my mind. Okay. So my Tinkerbell is Liberty Poole from Love Island. She was with Jake the whole show before she bailed because he was a douche. Um... (laughs) 
Just like Peter. Just like Peter. But Liberty is like, first of all, love her. Like her personality, I feel like is very similar to Tink's. She's also like a curvy girl, which obviously Tink is a curvy heroine. And like the long blonde hair, aesthetically and personality, I think that she is Tink. (laughs) Nice. And who did you cast? I picked... Ashley Alexis, who's a curve model, she's gorgeous. And I could see why Hook and Peter would be obsessed with her and not want to, like, let her go. Okay. Love that. And so for my Hook, (laughs) I'm so mad about this. Like, in the best way. (laughs) She's so mad that she didn't think of this person because. I'm so mad. She's the one that brought him to my attention. Ashton wins this one just because, oh, my God. So my Hook is Peter Wicks from TOWIE. His everything is just hook to a freaking T. If you don't know who he is, just Google him and you will you will understand why I casted the way that I casted for hook. Yeah. Enough said. Enough said. But who did you cast? Because you did cast someone pretty good as well. I still like mine. I just I have, do too. I, I, I still do like mine, but just you tugged on a different set of like heartstrings <laughs> with your pick. Um, my hook is Jason Momoa, which I'm sli- I'm slightly shocked we haven't casted him before. I know now because he's one fine man. Yeah, he has he has the looks like he gives me pirate vibes. Also, he's really funny. And I think could do the hook personality of like the hook in this book and not bad to look at. No, I think they're both good choices. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can really go wrong. No. And last but not least, our villain, our Peter Pan. So I casted Jeremy Sutner, who actually played Peter Pan in the 2003 Peter Pan movie. Hmm. That's why like because he was one of my like first crushes. Like in 2003, third grade, that boy was so cute as little Peter. And now he's an adult. And now he's an adult. And I was just kind of, I was like, you know what? He's already played this role. He kind of is what I think a grown-up Peter would look like. So, Jeremy Sumner, who did you cast? I cast Ian Lloyd Anderson. Okay. He had a minor role in Game of Thrones. He was part of the, um, (sighs) the people at the wall. The, you know, nice watch. Yeah, he was part of that. His name was Derek. And then he was also um, more recently in a movie called Herself, which is a, about a woman escaping an abusive marriage. And so I think he he's done that abusive partner role. And nice. Peter is an abusive partner. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Well, those are our castings. If you want to see more visuals, head over to our Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod. Are we ready to soundtrack this bitch? Yeah. Alex, start us off. My first song choice is Hook wanting Tink to like get honest and vulnerable with him because he's falling for her. And that song is Something Tells Me by Balin. Okay. Blaylin. Okay. So I had a kind of similar theme. I had Tink and Hook's Breaking Down Their Barriers song. And that is Conversations in the Dark by John Lennon. Because they always had their heart-to-hearts like at night, in bed, in the dark. Yep. Just thought that was very on brand. You are right about that. My next pick is the Aftercare song, Hold My Girl, acoustic version, George Ezra. Nice. I like that one. So my next category is Hook's Obsession song to Tink, and that's Warm Me Up by The Audition. Nice. You just listen to those lyrics, you'll get it. 
My next pick is the Sexy Time song, Breathe by Canish. And my Sexy Time song is Sex and Candy by Jade the Moon. So it's a remix, but it's like sultry. Oh, it's so good. My next pick is Tink not wanting to hear what anyone has to say and not trusting people song. Talk, Talk, Talk by Kanu, R.I.O., and Lean Soup. Nice. So I have a Tink's healing song. Or kind of just like her getting over the trauma of her past. And it's by Little Huddy or Huddy Slowly Healing. My next one is Pink Running Away from Peter and Hiding in the Underworld song. Where the Devil Don't Go, El King. Oh yeah, that's good. So I have like an Underworld theme song. Because I do feel like this whole series, that's a very big element. Yep. And it's Take It Off by Kesha. Like, come yes. on. Like, yes. Can, can you that picture is... that being played as you're walking in mm-hmm. to the There's club? There's a place downtown where the freaks don't come around. <laughs> so great. <laughs> All right. My last pick is Tink accepting she's in love with Hook and wanting a life with him, but they got to take Peter down first. Like that's the, that part's still in the way. Can't do it. Lauren Gray and Sweetie. Nice. I like that theme. That's a good one. And mine last theme is Tink's fashion passion song. Even though it wasn't a huge part in this book I do think since I've read the previous three and then the one that follows her fashion is super important and that's dress code by Queen Herbie yeah Uh, it's just a fun kind of fashion song so make sure if you want to listen to that full playlist it's banging head over to Spotify emotions and potions pod and hit the little heart button that way you save it and you can listen to it when you're reading it or if you just want to get into the vibe of Tink and Hook yeah and while you're at it, heart all the other ones. They're all up there as well. All right. Just let's begging ra- to be listened to. <laughs> let's rate this book. So my spice rating, 4.8 out of 5. I'm not far off. 4.75 out okay. of 5. That's Shibari gave it that extra 0.25. Well, I thought the 5-sum and the 3-sum was enough to make it I mean, a th- pretty high 4. True. Facts. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. I wasn't really thinking about the Shibari when I gave it this. Well, that was just like something new. I've read a five-some before. I've read a three-some before. I mean, I've read Shibari before. I haven't. Okay. Give me those recs. The Four Horsemen series. I haven't read that I've been telling you to read. Oh, I know. I need to read that. Okay. 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 (laughs) It's moved up the ladder now. (laughs) And what did you give this book overall? 7.75. 7.75. I'm liking the 0. 0.75 today. Okay. I gave it a 9 out of 10 because I just, this is like the third or fourth time I've read it and I still love it. So it's, it's up there. It's still great. Just every time the ending always kind of lets me down. I'm kind of just to accept it, especially in this series where it's a shorter series to begin with. It's a pet peeve, but I'm going to let it go because it is what it is. I, I mean, this is my third read of it. So like clearly I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our plot breakdown, our casting, our loves and hates, our song choices, and then our overall rankings of Katie Roberts' worthy opponent. So if you haven't figured it out by now, it's a love letter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Heart. Heart, 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 heart all day. I mean, I give Katie hearts all day. And I mean, like, the series is a heart. Yeah. I like the series, so. It's fun. It's easy to read. You can read this book pretty quickly. Yeah. Even if you're not like a super avid reader like us, like you can get through this book pretty quickly. Yeah. Because it is very fast paced. So it's like you want to know what happens next because it's just. And then it's over before you even know it. (laughs) Yeah. But that is another episode of Emotions and Potions, a love slash hate letter to. 
And it was a love. Love all around. Go give us some love on the socials. Emotions and Potions pod. You know, interact with us more there. Let us know if you read this book and if you loved it or hated it. Yeah, what's your favorite book of this series? Should we review more books from this series? You know, sound off in the comments. Um, There's probably going to be some sort of poll or, or something. We've been doing that more lately. But until next time. I'm Alex. And I'm Ashton. Bye. Bye.